Hey, this is John Gunter from the Eagle Community Church of Christ in Mont Bellevue, Texas. I'm the preaching minister there, and what you found is our teaching podcast from my sermons there at the church. We'd love to have you visit us online, eaglechurchofchrist.com, and you can find out all you want to find out there. Uh, we're continuing in our study of Philippians this week, and we are uh, in Philippians uh, chapter 2. We're on uh, further in the chapter. Last week we did uh, the very beginning, which is a fantastic area of Philippians, but we just continue with our study here, and I pray that something here from God's Word touches you. Uh, if there's anything we can do for you, if there's any help, if there's any more study we can help you with, love to do that. Reach out to us online. Uh, love to love to visit with you. Again, here's the sermon from Philippians two. We'll see you later. All right. Well, good morning again. I, uh, I did forget one thing. I think Jordan's been doing a good job communicating that to uh, everyone he can. But uh, the 26th of September, uh, Sunday the 26th, we're going to start having a teen Bible class between the two services. So from 10.10 to about 10.40, uh, I, I believe they're going to meet back in the conference room that, that Debbie lets us use. So. Uh, if you have a team, hey, get them involved. This is the time to, to bring them, make sure they're here, and allow them to kind of uh, start building a bond that we want with our, our youth ministry, right? And so let me encourage you to do that. Uh, I don't know what it is, but different times of the year, I have different traditions. Anybody else? Like the, the fall, I told Katie, I said the fall may be a little hard on me, uh, this year, you know, moving to a warmer climate, you know, towards the end of September, I'm used to it cooling down, you know, a little bit and, uh, and, and things like that. And so it, it like changes my attitude. Like yesterday it felt, or this week it's kind of felt better. And so I, I like start getting some energy from that. I don't know what it is, but, uh, uh, there are things that I just want to be doing. I, I want to be watching college football. I want to be, uh, deer hunting. I, I want to be doing all kinds of things. But around Christmas, we have our own kind of unique things. Now, for our family, for our family, we are going to watch a few Christmas movies. Anybody else? Like you've got your your go-tos. So, so for us, um, we're going to watch Home Alone. We're going to watch Christmas Vacation. Katie just discovered that a few years ago, so that's been a staple since. Uh, one of my favorites is like Elf, and uh, I think kind of a classic is this one, Grinch. And you, you may not even be familiar with this this graphic. You may be familiar with the old Dr. Seuss, you know, looking characters, right? I, you know, when I when I watched it, I hadn't watched it in probably twenty years, and I go back and I'm thinking that's probably a two hour movie, right? Y'all know it's like thirty minutes, right? The whole story there is like 30 minutes, the old one. Um, but the, the story of the Grinch is an interesting story because the, the whole story, his whole thing is built around being this like grumpy, upset guy because everyone else is having a good time. So you've all, you've probably all seen the movie and you know the Grinch and then there is, is dog Max uh, they just set out to uh, mess up Christmas. Actually, the, the original, I think, is called How the Grinch Stole Christmas, right? And so he's just an angry guy who wants to just ruin this. 
the very uh, songs that come from uh, Whoville upset him. He doesn't like the noise. He doesn't like the joy. He just wants to have things his way, which is not what they are doing, right? And the problem with that is so many of us in the church can be the same way. Like we will, like even my dad, sometimes he'll, he'll just act like he doesn't like uh, Christmas as much as everybody else. And so we'll call him the Grinch or Scrooge or whatever it is, you know, like he just wants to be a little contrarian. But how many of us like in church, like we have like our personality is one that it, it is about griping. It is about, you know, maybe muttering under the, under our breaths about things. It is about you know, I just don't like how things are going. And what we see in this movie is that how you act and how, you know, your attitude towards these things is how everyone else sees you. And so in church, I hope that we are happy people. We are people who are following God, who want to, want to be happy and want to walk together. But sometimes we may come off as this, and I love the graphic. This is the reason I grabbed this one, uh, because his... his his face there, and then it says, oh, joy. <laughs> and so I'm asking you today, is that who you are? Have you lost your joy? Or is your joy found in Jesus Christ? There are so many things in church that we try to pick battles about. We get upset over little things. We're, we're not happy with little choices. But what I want to encourage you today is that we have got to, as we just came out of last week, talking about humility, talking about loving other people even above ourselves, that we have to come together on the main thing. And that is that we love Jesus and we want to follow him. And that's it. The other things will take care of themselves. Too many times, churches have even split over the smallest division because people decided to live more like this than uh, their willingness to unite over their love for Jesus Christ. Paul says this in our, our scripture reading this week. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. I think the main point of this, this uh, passage for this week is this. Paul has an expectation of transformation. Notice when, when Paul is saying these things, he, he says, you know, he loves these people. And so it, it starts out with, with kindness. Well, let me get back to it here. He says, just as you have always obeyed, you guys have been doing it. I've seen you do it. We've worked alongside each other. You have obeyed and done it well. He said, but just as you have obeyed when I'm there, you also need to obey when I am not. How many times have we talked about that this summer? 
What, what you hear there is, is compartmentalization. I almost, I almost made that thing. Paul has an expectation of transformation, not compartmentalization. Don't do something just when I'm there and then go away and be somebody else. Because that's what he's talking about. He says, if you want to obey the gospel, you've got to be the gospel. You've got to conform to it. It has to be who you are. It's not about what you know. It's who you are. And so if it's who you are, you don't, you don't be one thing and then walk away and be something else. Paul expects a change. Notice here that he says, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I don't know how all of you were raised, but I, I think um, the way I was raised was you work out your salvation with fear and lots of it. Now, now, what this verse actually means is you have to have the appropriate level of, of reverence and understanding about who God is. God is not someone to be taken lightly. We can't be flippant about, oh, I'm a Christian, you know, that kind of thing. We have to really believe this. We have to be serious about our faith. That's what Paul is saying here. You have to be serious about what you're doing. So you obey not only when I'm there, but also when I'm gone. You need to continue being this example that you have. So you need to work out your salvation. You need to participate with God. And again, as often I do, you know, I immediately say when we talk about work, I say, well, hold on, you don't. God doesn't owe you. And, and notice what it, how Paul says it right here. Same, same thing. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. The, the word I like there, and I've said several times, is participation. You have to decide right here and right now today, am I going to participate? Because God wants to use you. Now, you may be sitting here thinking, oh, I'm inadequate. I don't know how God would ever use me. But God wants to use you. That's what Paul says. It is God who works in you to bring about his good purpose. But he also gives you free will, right? You're not walking around like a puppet. You have to decide, am I going to participate or am I going to shut down and kind of walk away? Am I going to be serious about my life, my faith? Or am I going to play church? Am I going to show up and hope everybody thinks I'm a good Christian and then I walk away and I be somebody else? Paul expects transformation. Uh, what I like here is a, uh, a quote from uh, uh, Richard Foster. He says, superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Okay, I don't think Foster's saying, you know, I hope we just have a bunch of dummies. What he's saying here is we've got plenty of smart people. We have uh, plenty of people who are gifted in different ways. But what we need is people to be serious, people to be deep about their relationship with God. Because that's what matters. You know, so, so many times that inadequacy that we have is, well, I don't know enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not this or that. All you need to do is follow God. Because God wants to work in you if you will allow it. And so that's what Paul is pleading with these people here, people he loves, people that, people that he's walked side by side with. 
Will you be serious about your faith? And then he says this. He says, uh, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Okay, so again, last week we talked about it. The, The section right before this is have the same mind of Christ. Remember that scripture? Who, who was God but, but didn't feel like equality with God was something that he could use to his own advantage. Remember talking about that, that card he could plop down, hey, I am the son of God. He didn't, he didn't think it's something that he could use to his advantage. You have that same humility, have that same mind, have that same purpose. Humble yourself so that other people's problems or priorities, uh, you elevate those maybe even above yourself and what you want. He said, part of that is, part of the way you can check that is, uh, is your life like this? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Some of us may have to be quiet on the ride home today. I don't know. But, but it's not just about, hey, am I doing this or am I not? It's about, again, who I am. Do this without grumbling or arguing that I am choosing in that moment, not just to not grumble or argue, but I understand that when I choose to do this, it affects how others see me. And because we are called to be salt and light, we're supposed to be the example of God out in the community, you know, we say, hey, I'm a Christian. We have to understand how important it is to be a good example everywhere we go. And so if all we are out in the world is this, that's an issue. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Well, why do you gripe all the time? Why are you so upset all the time? Like this doesn't match up, right? Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children, uh, of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Again, being different, the idea that we are different. So are you different as you leave here? And he says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. I like that, that kind of mental image there, that you stand out, that there is a, uh, a kind of a darkness, but as, as we live the Christian life, as we put on Jesus and we walk out into the community, that we are seen as different. We are challenged to be different. We are being image bearers of God. And so is that you, or do we just kind of, kind of blend into the fabric of our society? He says, then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. I, I've shared this before, but I, I think it's worth sharing again. One of my uh, old preachers, John Cannon, he said one time that it was shocking. He said, man, sometimes it feels like, he said this from the pulpit, he said, sometimes it feels like ministry is a work in futility. You know, that I get up here and I preach and I do all these things and, you know, unless you tell me that it's impacted your life in some, some way, maybe I don't even know. Are they listening? Are they being impacted? Are they allowing God to work this transformation in their lives? And that's the same, same question Paul has is, 
I, I don't want to feel like I've run in vain. I don't want to feel like I have put all this effort out on you people. And, and you know the love he has for, for the Philippians. He, he doesn't think that, but he, he's got this thought in the back of his mind that, man, I hope they keep at it. I hope that when we leave this place today that, that you go out and, and it's on the, the front of your mind, hey, what do I look like in the midst of my community? How do people at work see me? Have I, have I put up like a different face at work than I do at home or at church or when I see my preacher or Sunday school teacher in the supermarket? Are those two different people? Are those two different attitudes that I have? For a lot of us, we need some change. We need to make adjustments. We need to say, God, bring about this. I I understand from the scripture this morning that you want to work within me. It's you that wants to do this hard work. I I don't feel adequate to do it. But but God's saying, let me do it. Would you get out of the way? Would you just say yes to participating with me and allow me to do this work within you? I pray that's the church that we have that we all are challenged to continue that growth, to continue that movement towards God. And part of it, um, again, as I've told you, one of the main questions I had for the elders before I accepted this job was, are you ready for the complaining? Because you're talking about making changes. A buddy of mine tells a joke. It's a joke, okay? So he says, all right, how many Church of Christ people does it take to change a light bulb? And as soon as you start to say, like, how many or something, he goes, change? (laughs) And that's how our churches can be. And you have found us right in the middle of a transition with a bunch of changes and a whole lot more to come. And the question is going to be, uh, because I, I know the pressure, you, that's why I asked them, I know what's coming. Because when things change and are, you know, we, we like having our spot, we like having things, you know, familiar to us. And when you're talking about changes, especially as, ma- as major of a change as we're having, that can breed a whole lot of like anxiety and what's happening next and what I do with this and I don't like this, it's not the same. And you've got to decide, am I going to be someone who is, uh, upset and grumbling and arguing and, uh, you know, just not happy that we went with this color instead of that color? Or am I going to be the kind of Christian that says, listen, I have, a, I have a responsibility to be an example of God to everyone. And so we're going to unite around, I love God, I love Jesus, I want to follow him. And all those little decisions that I know seem very big sometimes, All those other decisions, all right, we'll work with that. Because I love God and I want to to show this to the community. I want to show the community a church that is is here, arms wide open, just ready to, to reach out, ready to help, ready to do all these things. And again, we can't do it if this is the look on our face, if this is the attitude we have in our heart. So that's my prayer for us this morning, that we be this kind of church, that we are a church that is loving, caring, that we do unite around Jesus Christ and all those other things take care of themselves, all those other decisions, all those things we're going to have committees for, those will take care of themselves. 
So this morning, if, if you have, this has resonated with you, if this is, man, I, I need to do some attitude work. I've been different at work or I've been different at home than I am at church. And you'd like us to pray about that? We'd love to do that. We'd love to restore you this morning um, because God is faithful to uh, forgive you of those things. All you have to do is ask. So if you have any needs this morning, would you come as we stand and sing?